and welcome to another exciting episode of Not Your African Cliche. Before we get into today's episode, though, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, where we are Not Your African Cliche, as well as SoundCloud, where we are NYAC Podcast. Don't forget to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, we are Not Your African Cliche, Twitter, at NYAC Podcast, and Instagram, NYAC underscore podcast. You can also email us at notyourafricancliche at gmail.com. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your African Cliché. Um, I will be the anchor for today's episode and my name is Amayo and I'll let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Hi everyone, it's Ifi. Hello everyone, it's Ife. Hey guys, it's Onyeka aka Yeka O. And welcome back Amayo. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while actually. Um, and we have a guest on our episode today. Well, first of all, let me introduce the topic. Um, so we will be discussing the Mauritian identity. As some of you might know, I moved to Mauritius in July um, for work. Um, and since then, I've had a great time here. It's beautiful and work has been good and busy. However, I've also observed a few things about the country that I'm the beautiful country that I'm living in and I'm looking forward to our discussion we have on our episode today a Mauritian and I'll let her to I'll let her introduce herself hi guys um so my name is Axel um first of all thank you for hosting me today and of course uh, thank you for joining oh pleasure so I um I'm a Mauritian um I was born here uh, born on this beautiful island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Um, but I'd say that my journey has been a bit different to your um, mm-hmm. usual Mauritian. So even though I was born here when I was around four years, I think, four years old, uh, my parents moved to Madagascar, so island hopping from one to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to nursery school there for about, I think it was two years. So after that, we came back to Mauritius, and um, so the way the primary system works in Mauritius is you have um, class one to class six. So I did um, all these six years in Mauritius, and when the time came to start secondary school, we moved again, <laughs> and this time wow. we moved to Randa. <laughs> um, hmm, so we were interesting. There, yeah, that? Like, so Randa is. In East Africa, um, just around oh, Rwanda. Kenya. Okay. Rwanda, yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were there for, um, I think, five years. Yeah, five years. But every year we'd come back to Mauritius at least once um, just to reconnect with That's the family nice. and, you know, get some of these island vibes. Um, <laughs> so then I came back here to finish my last two years of high school. Um, after my two years of high school, I hopped on the plane again, and this time I wow. went to um, England for university, 
And then after university, I came back to work in Mauritius, and it's been two years now since I'm back on the island. Wow, wow, that's so you're all over the place, like all over. But that's great. I guess that just adds to the juice of this episode, mm-hmm. and I guess just it's good knowing that much more about you. We'll need to catch up afterwards. We do. Um, <laughs> um, so just for a few people who are listening who don't know anything about Mauritius. So Mauritius is this tiny island in the middle of the Indian Ocean that is not Madagascar or Seychelles or Réunion. Um, yeah, I, think, I don't think many people know exactly where it is or have even heard about it. But just to set the scene, it was colonized by the Dutch, French, and more recently the British. And, but then two-thirds of its population is of Indian origin. Um, so most Mauritians speak, I would say, actually like two or three languages on average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so French, Creole, and then either like Hindi, um, Bhojpuri, and there are many different languages that are spoken in Mauritius. But yeah, but then not many Mauritians are fluent in English, which is the language of their more recent ex-colonizer. Yeah. Um, so with regards to religion. Um, which plays a major part in society. A majority of Mauritians are Hindu, followed by Christian, and then, of course, is um, Muslim. There's also a small population of Mauritians who are Buddhist. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that just adds to the background of this conversation. As we can see, Mauritius is a very diverse place. So I guess we can just jump into it. So I think when I first moved to Mauritius, I remember just feeling like, wow, there's really a lot going on here. First of all, the diversity of people you find, like, you know, Indo Mauritians, so Indian of Indian origin, you find the French Mauritians, mm. there are the Creole, who I think are a mix of the Indians and the blacks, right, Axel? Um, no? So maybe let's take a step back, if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So just so you know, this island is very diverse you've got people from Mm -hmm. indian origins chinese Mm -hmm. um we have Mm -hmm. you know people who are from france england Mm -hmm. uh, malaysia it's just a melting pot of cultures um Mm -hmm. and what we refer to as the creoles are actually Mm -hmm. descendants of the slaves so these are the afro mauritians yes the afro mauritians so these are usually uh from what we've retraced um from mozambique um madagascar and a few other places um across the continent that we don't know of unfortunately um but uh because there's so many people creoles also have a bit of you know indian origins so for example just um to share a bit about myself. Um, so my grandparents on my dad's side, so one of them was has Chinese origins and the other one has, we think it might be Malagasy and Mozambique. <laughs> Whilst on my mom's side, she is from the south of India. So when you put all of that together, it's just like, yeah, it's like a mix of cultures. Um, so yeah, these are creoles, but we now refer to them as the general population of the island. Ah, yes. thank you for the correction. Why, why, why are they referred to as, as the general population of the island? What percentage of the population do they make? 
Um, sure. So, like Amaya said, the majority are Indo-Mauritians, and then you've got your Chinese, and then the government has created this general population that um, was formerly known as Creoles. Um, so I'd like to thank my mom for this explanation, actually. Um, I was not aware of that. But um, so a Creole is, you know, what I would usually refer to myself as. But I was told that the female version of a Creole is what we call Creolin. And when translated, mm-hmm. that is a form of toilet detergent, apparently. What? Wait, what? Yes. And Say more. So because, you know, you can't be going around thinking, oh, this woman is associated with toilet detergents. It's just very degrading <laughs> for mm-hmm. our society. Oh, my goodness. So um, that's why uh, we decided to take the name of general population. It's just, you know, people who represent the minority and we just fall into that category. Interesting. Very interesting. Do we know who is responsible for like that like that term? Um, I think the government. So um, they came up with the term, um, you know, just decided it'd be less degrading and yeah. Oh no, I mean Creole. Oh Creole, Creole. Like oh, sorry. <laughs> the the, the Creole land, sorry, to refer to the minorities. But Creole, um, so you know, Creole is a term that's used um, in Reunion um, and mm-hmm. other islands as well across the world. So I guess it's just one of those terms that came as well to the island. Yeah, I feel like Creole might mean like a blend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also linked to um, French. So I think it is, you know, I think. I may be wrong, but in terms of language, like like how we have pidgin English, there's like Creole, mm-hmm. which is a mix of like yeah. French and like indigenous language, I think. And I think, um, cre- yeah, so I think like Creole might, yes, do you know what, let's Google, what does Creole mean? I know of like Creole culture, Creole, the language, but then mm-hmm. so I, I think just Googled. the detergent one, I'm just a bit Oh, it's the detergent. Okay. mixed race descendants of Europeans and Africans born in the islands. Aha. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, Wonderful. interesting. Um, so yeah, so I think, I, I, so moving to the island last year, I just remember feeling like, wow, the you know, there are people from all over here. And I always wondered, like, how do they view themselves? Like, what is the Mauritian identity? Like, if you were to pitch that, for example, to another country. Or, like, how... I, I, was, I also wondered if people also struggled with defining what the identity was. So, I guess to start off, how is identity viewed in Mauritius, Axel? Mm. What, what's your take? I feel like... So the way I see identity in Mauritius is this multi-layered composite identity. So when you go and introduce yourself to a foreigner, you'd be like, oh, hello, you know, my name is Axel and I'm a Mauritian. You know, that's it. You'll stop Mm -hmm. there. You won't go into saying I'm Indo-Mauritian or I'm, you know, Franco-Mauritian, just Mm -hmm. Mauritian. Um, But Mm -hmm. then when you're at school... So in primary school, I feel like this is when you start getting a bit more clarity about the nature of identity in Mauritius. Um, So I remember that um, in primary school, 
uh, would have our usual classes, but then we'd also have um, classes dedicated to Hindi, to Mandarin, to Urdu. And that's when you'd see that, you know, some people would then fall under, okay, so this person is actually Indo-Mauritian. This person mm. is Franco-Mauritian. And for the general population, that was just a moment of, you know, it was a free period. Um, there was there was no language being taught. You just, you know, play with your friends. Interesting. Yes, very interesting. Um, but identity, it's, hmm, it's a very complex subject, I think, for Mauritius, mm-hmm. because um, when you look at our identity card, for example, you know, it'll just say mm-hmm. Mauritian and then have all the numbers. It won't actually specify under what... Uh, you like know, subpopulation. You fall. Yes, it won't. It won't specify that, or um, you won't go up to a person and be like, "Oh, okay, so you're Mauritian, but are you actually Indo-Mauritian? And like within Indo-Mauritian, are you Hindu? Are you Tamil?" It's something people don't really talk about. I would say um, because we believe in this, you know, unity and diversity um, notion. And you, we all live in harmony, I would say. Hmm. Um, so something I'd like to share actually is one of my best memories from school was um, because we have so many festivals to celebrate in Mauritius. Um, you'd always get excited when you knew Chinese New Year was coming because you'd get mm-hmm. cakes from your Chinese friends. Or you'd get excited when Diwali was coming because it meant having cakes from your um, Indian friends. So I guess, you know, when I think about my identity, I just see myself as Mauritian. Um, I don't go into the nitty-gritty of, okay, so am I actually general population or am I mm-hmm. this or am I that? And do, do some people find it offensive if they, like... If I approach someone and ask, oh, are you Indo-Mauritian? Do some people find that offensive? I wouldn't, no. I don't think they would okay. find it offensive. I think the touchy part of it comes when you go a step above um, mm-hmm. and ask, so do you consider yourself African or from Asia? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when it becomes really blurry and it depends who you're asking it to. Hmm. Yeah. Which is a great segue into our other topic, our other question. Um, so I remember when I um, also when I first came, and I think even till now, um, when I'd speak with some Mauritians, they'd be like, oh, you know, you Africans or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to the to the continent next month or like, you know, if referring to different countries within Africa. Um, so there was almost that separation between the countries in the larger continent of Africa and then, you know, the islands outside of its borders, I guess. So just the idea that Mauritians, some Mauritians don't consider themselves African and they almost say it's with with an air of superiority, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, you know, you Africans, that type of thing. So I'm just, I'm more curious as to like, you know, what is the... I don't know. Is there some sort of... Like, why don't some Mauritians consider themselves Africans, even though technically they are? They do belong to the continent. Mm-hmm. And is there any, some, is there any like, um, I don't know, disdain 
or discontent with the continent and its people? <laughs> um, maybe let's start from where we are. So in terms of geography, you know, you've got the continent, mm-hmm. then you've got this mm-hmm. big island of Madagascar, and then you've got us. Mm-hmm. You know, very tiny, literally in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Um, <laughs> so I think already, you know, we've got that perspective or we're really far from what we call Africa. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so you get that as the basis and then you now top it off with all the different cultures and religions. And so like Amayo said, you know, the majority of people are of Indian descendants. Um, and because that is the case, you know, a lot of our, for example, national TV, it's a lot of Indian movies, um, a lot of, mm. um, you know, you even have part of the news um, delivered in Hindi. Um, uh, most of our politicians are of Indian origins. Um, mm-hmm. what else? Let me think. Um, you know, in some place, I don't know if you've noticed that, Amayo, but in some places of the island, for example, in Triolet, which is um, mm-hmm. a town not far from where I live, you will find a lot of people actually speaking Hindi instead of Creole. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. because it's very infused with Indian um, culture, people just feel like, you know, they're more Asian than they are African. Um, it might also be because of the way they look. Um, you know, if they were to go to India, they would blend very easily. Um, mm-hmm. So then that's why you'd find, I wouldn't say everyone, but most people say, you know what, I'm more Asian than I am African. Um, but then I think it's also the stereotype that we have. Um, so Creoles, um, as I was explaining earlier on, are usually associated with, you know, having low income jobs. So, you know, they'll be mm. bricklayers or they'll be cleaners. And, and in the past, they've also, we've also been associated with drugs. Um, so then, mm. you know, it's, oh, Creoles are darker skin. Darker skin mm-hmm. equals to Africa. So why would I want to associate myself with people like this, you know? Why do I want to say that I'm African when I could be Indian and, you know, just um, feel superior to other people? Hmm. Um, So, yes, that's why. And I also think that because of the way our government works, while it's true that, you know, we're part of the African Union, the SADC, the Commonwealth, and so on, we've also got very strong mm-hmm. um, ties with the Indian government. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a lot of Mauritians choose to travel to India rather than going to African countries. And if they were to choose to go to an African country, it would mostly be South Africa. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that mm-hmm. another reason maybe why they don't identify as Africans is because they haven't really had the chance to experience it. Um, and so for them it's easier because of media and you know politicians and stories that they hear to just say yes um maybe i'm more of an asian um i don't know if that answers the question no it definitely sheds some more light into 
you know why some people tend to identify as Asians I just find it very interesting um, I think there's also that unified definition of who an African is if mm-hmm. they feel like oh you know why would I want to identify with this continent if you know I look this way or I speak this language or I eat this food because those things are not you know linked or tied to Africa as a whole which I, I may not fully agree with yeah I don't know well this is the thing about, I, you know that also ties into it sounds like a you know this global anti-black like mentality mm-hmm. and um, and I, I I think something that is even on my mind is like Excel you were saying just like if you look at just the geographical location of Mauritius that in of itself somewhat explains you know how why people feel connected to like say India for example as opposed to like mm-hmm. other African like it's like I'm looking at Google Maps I'm like oh it's like right there <laughs> um, <laughs> but then it's like I'm also and I'm woefully unprepared for this episode but one question that maybe it's in the articles or not is given this diverse population in Mauritius um, I'm curious as to you know what the history of migrate like migration mm-hmm. is like why is this the case versus I don't know Nigeria I mean even in Nigeria there is diverse populations and you have Lebanese and the Chinese mm-hmm. and Indians and different mm-hmm. people coming to Nigeria. Um, but I don't even know if these people would be considered. I don't know. When we talk about Nigerians, I don't even know if those people would come to mind. Whereas, like with Mauritius, it seems like they're very much part of the fabric of Mauritius. And it just makes me wonder about settlement patterns and migratory patterns. Like, what about Mauritius attracted all these people? Um, how does this tie into the economy? Um, but then I also wonder, given this diverse population, who gets left out of the national conversation? Like, who mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. sidelined? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because while, like, diversity is always talked about and encouraged, sometimes it, it's... It turns out to be the case that some people are not as supported as other groups of people. Mm-hmm. But I'm also curious. Uh, I think the first question in front of my mind is like the history behind the migration of like all these different people. Like what? Yeah, what motivated the like migration, but also like encouraged their settlement? Yeah. Um. So when Mauritius was discovered there was no one living on the island except for the dodos. Um, so, <laughs> so then um, that's when this, you know, our melting pot started. Um, so, you know, people, not people, but the colonizers brought in the slaves to start with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the slaves came from Mozambique and some of them from Madagascar. Um, And then once slavery was abolished, you know, it was, okay, we need more people because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have sugarcane, we should be exploiting this. Um, So then Mm. that's when the idea of indentured laborers came in. 
and mm-hmm. indentured laborers you know are people of chinese descent people from malaysia and for the most most part people who are from india hmm. so then you know these indentured laborers came in you had the slaves who were there from before and on top of that you also had the colonizers um so you know one thing led to the other you know people started settling in um started um getting married among themselves and i guess that's just how you know you have all these people on the island um because they you know they just chose to settle and stay in Mauritius and i think like following up on what um if he was talking about about you know who are the people who are left out of the mm-hmm. equation or you know not favored as such in society um i kind of started thinking about what you were saying earlier about you know even the whole term creole creolean um and that's you know being accepted and passed down over the years um but then the broader picture it's like I I also sense some sort of hierarchy in hmm. Mauritius. I don't know if this is something that maybe I'm making it up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, okay, cool. That's good. Um, but then it's like it's almost it's not openly spoken about. Um, at least not to not to my knowledge. But I don't know. Like, what do you think of? Like, what's what is the supposed? hierarchy amongst the different you know races and cultures and religions in Mauritius mm-hmm. because it almost seems like the general population are getting the shorter end of the stick like you said you see them taking the you know cleaning the cleaning positions mm-hmm. the you know um, those types of jobs so when you look at um the Mauritian government and how it's structured at the moment it's mostly mm-hmm. indo-mauritians so mm-hmm. politically speaking they are at the top of the hierarchy mm-hmm. but then what is interesting about mauritian politics is you have the notion of the best loser system which asks hmm. that you know even though you might have around let's say 80% who are Indo-Mauritians, you also need to make an effort to include the other minorities. Mm-hmm. So even though there's, you know, there's hierarchy, okay, first you're Indo-Mauritians, prime minister, president, and so on. You also have other ministers in the government who are actually of Chinese or Creole descent. So then okay. that's, so, you know, that's, your political hierarchy and then you come to the economic one and hmm, <laughs> the way i see it i feel like it it might be changing but the way i see mm-hmm. it so the franco-mauritians who are we'll just put it that way our ex-colonizers are at the top of the pyramid and that's because they are the ones who own you know the majority of shares in the hotels in sugarcane you know like the major 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 companies franco-mauritians 
you've also got the Indians who are, you know, slowly building out, and I'd say that they are right under the Franco Mauritians, and they also have quite um, a chunk of businesses in Mauritius. And then you've got your Chinese Mauritians um, who, you know, also claim some businesses. And then at the bottom of the pyramid hmm. is where you find your general population. Um, but Amai, maybe you can tell me, like, is there something that, you know, you saw or experienced that made you think, yes, there is this hierarchy um, of classes in Mauritius? Um, so, okay, so for me, when when I think of the Franco or the French Mauritians, they almost seem, okay, maybe aloof is too strong a word, but like they're just, it's almost like they're up there mm. and they honestly have no care for the rest of, like they're, you know, they're making their money, doing their own thing, mm. they're living in their own parts of the country mm-hmm. and not really bothered with the rest of society, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they have that old money going for them yes. and they're fine. Mm. They're good. Um... And then you have the Indo-Mauritians who I think are like, to, these are just my observations or my perceptions, mm-hmm. nothing confirmed. But like to me, they're like the hustlers. They're like, you know, mm-hmm. they worked hard for their place and their money and, you know, whatever money they have, it's like they rightfully deserve it. They're doing well in their own different poc- um, pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're dominating um, politics, um, which I'll come back to politics later on. But so, yeah, so that's my view. And then, you know, the general population... You know, just the like, like, like the everyday, like you know, the painters, the the construction workers, the you know, the the people who would come to clean our you know campus or like our school, so things like that. And I and it's just so glaring and so obvious that. And I guess that's that's just what made me ask that question. It's like, is this something that people openly speak about? Like. Are people concerned about this or is it just, you know, accepted as, you know, that's how it is and that's how it's going to be for a while? Do people care as much? I don't know. I think so. I just find it's like a bit strange. Yeah. I really like how you use the term hustlers because I think they are actually hustlers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like it's this thing that people have just gotten used to and almost accepted um mm-hmm. you know because we're such a small island when you're looking for a job for example you know it's not unheard of that you know your friend got a job because he's a relative to the prime minister or mm-hmm. you know he knows a person who's got that business that's really thriving um, mm-hmm. When you look at um, government officials, you know, if you go for your taxes or to pay your electricity bills, most of the workers mm-hmm. you'll see there are actually of Muslim or Indo origins. Mm-hmm. You will not find anyone from the, well, you might find one or two, the odd exception, but, you know, it's almost as if, you know, the government officials did this you know you'll be expected to find your Indo or your Muslims. And, I mean, I could maybe try and apply there and see what would happen, but some part of me knows that just by seeing my family name, I might not be as lucky as someone who's got, you know, 
and in the Mauritian name to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing. You know, when someone says, "Oh, I'm from this family," it's already oh, okay. So you, you're in that group. So I'm not gonna try and go in there. Uh, but I think what's what's very interesting is that you know when you're a child, all these things don't matter. You know, you're just playing with everyone. Everyone is getting along, and you know, even as an adult, people still do get along. But then, you know, it's not something you'll think about every day. But once in a while, you know, it'll be at the back of your head that yes we are very diverse there's unity mm-hmm. there's no violence but you have this hierarchy of where people stand and who's supposed to be doing what job but i think like even as a child like you said in school like they're teaching french they're teaching mandarin mm-hmm. they're teaching hindi right yeah but they don't teach Creole in most schools, do they? So that so when I was and that's when I realized I'm getting old. <laughs> so when I was in primary <laughs> school, um, fun fact: the national language is English. So we're supposed mm-hmm. to be taught in English, but we're not. Mm. Um, mm. So the teacher will speak to you in either Creole or French, just because I guess okay. it's easier to understand. But you're expected to write your exams in English. Uh, so <laughs> sounds like a setup. It's like make this make sense, please. <laughs> like how? It's just you know, it's just something you've got to wrap your hand around. Yes, I was explaining this concept in French, but my exam paper is in English. So I will answer in English. Um, but anyway, coming back to what Amaya was saying uh, back then, the classes they would offer were Urdu. Um, Tamil, Hindi, and Mandarin. Um, And then people realized that, you know, Creole is this unifying language that we all speak, that Mm -hmm. everyone speaks. Why is it not being taught officially in schools? You know, we don't have a lot of books Mm -hmm. that are published in Creole, um, let alone, you know, dictionaries that would say, this is how you would spell it. I remember when... You know, sometimes when you receive a text from your friend, the spelling of the queer word is so different from, you know, to what you might be receiving from another friend. Um, mm-hmm. So then I guess, you know, the government started realizing, you know what, this unifying language, we've got to do something about it. Um, so over the past few years, um, they've now decided to introduce Creole as well as one of the languages that um, is taught in school. Okay. Yeah, and everyone. do the French Mauritians speak Creole? So you see, that's <laughs> <laughs> so the Franco Mauritians. Sorry, I'm asking all the questions. No, please do. So the Franco Mauritians, I mean, person was born here. Person, you know, grew up here. Person hears Creole every single day, but a lot of them will pretend that they don't speak Creole. Hmm. And even when they speak Creole, it's with this, you know, they've got a separate um, accent. I don't know if you've experienced it, Amayu, but it's almost <laughs> yeah. as if, you know, they're struggling to speak it. And it's almost like, oh, but that's a French word. No, no, wait, let me put a Creole word to it. Uh, but I guess it's it's just to, to show that they, you know, they are within their own community. Um, 
that's when maybe some of them supposedly don't speak Creole. But I can guarantee you that. I mean, <laughs> how difficult is it to speak Creole? I mean, if you speak French, Creole is very easy. And if you hear it mm-hmm. every day, it's just so easy to pick up on it. This is a little fascinating. Yika O over here, by the way. I've just been, I think I've kind of been stuck on this idea that one, you have these ex colonizers whose, you know, descendants still assume the role of superior um, and are in some way still allowed to just based on the system, I guess. And then thinking of Indo Mauritians and how, I mean, coming from India, I can imagine coming with the caste mentality mm-hmm. right that there's still mm-hmm. this hierarchy of of life but it's just i'm i'm struggling i'm struggling with this idea that i mean they're out there in the middle of the indian ocean but like you're closer to the african continent than to india mm-hmm. right so it says like it's three hours to south africa six hours to mumbai so I'm, I'm just really struggling with how <laughs> the location <laughs> But it's also heritage, right? Is playing. I mean, like, like yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I completely that, understand but also that. Like, if you, because I was even thinking about this. This isn't even. I mean, with the Indian Mauritians, like, sure, they moved from India. But then I also think about North Africans that would rather identify with the Middle Eastern continent mm-hmm. as opposed to identifying. Right. With- yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so going back to the comment that Ifeanyiwan made about this anti blackness the global anti-blackness situation and I'm, I'm wondering to myself like so who, like who controls the media right like and, and what are the perceptions that people have of what blackness is and what are the narratives of blackness that people are exposed to in Mauritius yeah. um so I guess before answering that question um I'm gonna ask you so you know do Nigerians consider Mauritius being part of Africa for, I, I don't know that Nigerians even consider beyond Nigerians. <laughs> no, that's not true. Wow. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be real. No. I mean, I'm trying to be honest, I'm, but I'm, I can't answer for everybody. I can answer for myself. I don't know that I was thinking of Mauritius. Like there's so many countries. Well, okay, let me back up. I don't know that while I was in Nigeria, before I came to the States for college, that I considered myself like the identity of being African as something that was paramount in my mind. Mm-hmm. So what was forefront of my mind was what tribe I was and that I was Nigerian and maybe West African if I was reaching. It wasn't <laughs> until I left college that it was like, oh, this is an identity now that I've taken up. Um, so I can't speak for everybody, but I would be very honest and say that I, I wasn't thinking of Mauritius. I wasn't thinking of some other African countries that I consider like now, like they are African countries just because of maybe my own myopic, um, very present nigerian mentality like i wasn't even considering africa being african as an identity personally but i can't speak for everybody else yeah but it wasn't it wasn't well this is i'll speak for myself for me it's it's the same thing because i think when you're in a place where everybody has the same identity then you you know start to look at the the sub-identities like that's what you Mm-hmm. You go by, but I don't. I wouldn't say like you know. I didn't. It's, I didn't identify as African not because I had some negative conception mm-hmm. of the term of, w- of what it meant to be African. It was just because I was look thinking about what was in front of me, which is like I'm Igbo. Like that was what was emphasized as opposed to being African. 
So mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are different reasons for not claiming the identity African. And, and it seems like from what we're talking about, like some Mauritius, like not considering themselves African, I, it does, it sounds like it's not because they don't think about it. It's because of, you know, separating themselves from what they think is derogatory or what they've deemed derogatory mm. or some anti-black mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can completely relate to what you said. Um, I remember, you know, for me, it was just, yeah, I'm from an island. I'm from Mauritius. That's it. Younger mm-hmm. me didn't, you know, argue as to whether, okay, am I African? Am I Asian? Am I European? Like, you know, what am I? It's mm-hmm. once you start getting asked these questions that you actually, you know, you know what? Let me take a step back and mm-hmm. think, who do I identify myself as? And I think because of how I've grown up all over the place and, you know, my upbringing, the friends I've had, I consider myself African. But mm-hmm. I can easily say that I've got very close friends of mine who, without any hesitation, will say, yep. I'm Mauritian, I'm Indo-Mauritian, and I'm Asian. Um, Hmm. So I think, like I was saying earlier on, you know, the media really influences how people think, you know, from the movies. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys know about Fair and Lovely, um, the white wing queen. (laughs) Yes! Wait, what? Please, we'll come back to the name of this cream. I can't. Oh, my God. You guys, I can't tell you. My dad bought that thing one day. (laughs) And we're just like, what? It smells so awful. Mm. We're like, why did you buy this? But anyway, this is besides the point. Please continue. So, fair and lovely. So, we've got a lot of adverts on TV with, you know, these beautiful (sighs) Indian actresses. Oh, you know, fair Mm -hmm. and lovely. Look, you know, look fair. Look, you know, white. And I guess, mm. you know, when you watch that as a kid, you kind of want to look like that because she's got silky hair, you know, she, mm. she doesn't have, she's very light-skinned, um, and you don't really have adverts that show, you know, aside from the news, you don't really see what's going on in terms of culture, arts, fashion in Africa. So you're just restricted to... Okay, so India, this is the latest sari, this is what's happening. Mm. But over the years, I will say um, things are starting to change a bit. Um, okay. So, you know, you've got people looking for African prints now. Oh, you know, I want to be wearing mm. an African print. I want to look African. Or, you know, they'll be listening to music all the way to Nigeria and Ghana and just be like, yeah, when is this artist actually coming to Mauritius? Um, Mm. so it's slowly changing, but I guess it's, you know, if the media is influencing you, your politicians are endo, um, descendants, you know, your friends, your family, Mm. and you haven't had a chance to go to the continent, it's just easier for you to identify yourself as Asian Mm. rather than African if you don't really know what you know what africa is like i've had i've spoken to people in the past who be like oh you went to africa um how is it there um is it really how's the poverty that i've heard it's really bad 
Um, oh my god! And just like, please, yes, there is poverty, <laughs> but there are also a lot of good things happening. And mm. I think it's just some people just need to step out of their comfort zone and yeah. get rid mm-hmm. of the idea that you know Africa is this place where people don't are not educated. Um, are not cultured mm-hmm. and it's just moving forward you know just embracing that you know africa is not just poverty and tigers moving around you know or lions oh um, um sorry just offshoot question the people who are wanting these artists to come to mauritius are they the general population or are they the other mauritians for the most part they are the general population but okay. I will say, um, recently, you know, while walking on the streets and just going to the beach, you'll hear with your inner Mauritians listening to your Davido, and you're like, okay, okay, things are changing, <laughs> and they're actually singing along and dancing, and it's just, you know, it's just a step forward. It's just people mm. um, learning, and uh, not learning, but listening to new things. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess. So this is a side note, but. Sorry. No, go on, Axel. I was just going to say that we don't. I was speaking to one of our students during the week, and he was like, Axel, I'm very surprised by this island of yours. There's no African food going on around here. Where are the plantains? <laughs> I remember Amaya was like, Where are the plantains? Yes, the plantains. And Thank you. It's just like these little things that make you realize, hmm, maybe this is why a lot of us identify as Asians because we don't really have like an African culture or scene on the island um, simple as that uh, so I think like one thing that came to mind with this conversation it's like people almost make it seem like there's one African story mm-hmm. or like one African mm-hmm. narrative right mm. Um, so even saying that you know we don't identify as African, like what does that mean? Or saying that mm. there's no African scene or culture there, it's like why can't we add Mauritian culture, as diverse as it is, as part of the mm-hmm. African story, right? So just because mm. there is that difference, I mean, I don't know if this is just reaching or forcing it. Like you know, you guys must be part of Africa, um, but I don't know. It's like. It's and it's really hard because you guys are way out there, you know, disconnected from the larger continent. But I don't know. But I I will say though that you guys are definitely winning. You know, as part of the African Union, Commonwealth, <laughs> strong ties with India, <laughs> you're wow. you're really gaining all the benefits that you can possibly gain. Um, and then also with good, um, what's it called, immigration laws as well. You're open to a lot of countries, which is great. Oh, um, quick question. Like, what countries can a Mauritian visa, uh, passport get yo, you to without the a visa? Mauritian passport is very valuable. I'm just out here trying to see which Mauritian I can marry. Uh, so my, that, <laughs> my status kind of great. <laughs> we can pretty much go anywhere. Wow. Um, the only countries I can think of... So I know that if we were to go to the States, we'd have to apply well in advance, but... You know, Europe can go there up to three months. Um, India, I had last time last year when I went, I had like a, if it was two months visa. Um, okay. well, pretty cool that way. Yep, yeah. Amaya, you should go and find yourself a Mauritian husband. Yeah, no, I'm looking. Don't worry. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, and it, and it also kind of reminds me of, you know, Morocco, for example, or even Egypt, but Morocco because I remember when, and I think they got accepted into ECOWAS, but, you know, them not identifying as African, but wanting to reap all the benefits of, you know, Africa. Anyways, side note. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I said I would come back to politics because, like, when you look at politics in Mauritius, it's, like I said, primarily Indo-Mauritian, at least Indo-Mauritian dominated, right? Mm-hmm. So even though you said they tried to include all the different, so like the different, the minorities and, you know, other ethnicities within politics, it's like, it's dominated by the Indo-Mauritians. And the fact that that majority of the population, it's more likely than not than that the prime minister, for example, would always be. Indo-Mauritian mm-hmm. right no yeah yes. um, I mean I th- so from the time I was born to now I can if you mm-hmm. ask me to name you know the prime ministers mm-hmm. there are only three names that come up and that's because it seems that you know it's just this very tight circle so recently um, Anil Jagnat was mm-hmm. our prime minister and a few months after um, he was elected, he was like, you know what? I'm actually old. To be fair, the man is very old and should retire. But he was wow. like, it's time for my son to step in. And- I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't get past this. So he, he got elected and then after getting elected, was like, I'm old. Yeah, he was okay. like, getting old. You know what? Don't have to fear my people. My st- my son will step in. That will be his mentor. There were no elections. There were no formal procedures. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why do we do this? Why? And so then you think, you know, well, these people have been around for like twenty something years. So wow. who's next? Is it the daughter? Is it the wife? <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult to break into the political scene and even if you do break into the political scene because of the way Mauritius says it's probably going to be an end of Mauritian mm-hmm. yeah. but who knows one day change might come <laughs> amen amen yeah. so mm. so that means sorry this is Ife um, so it means that like Mauritius is essentially a it's not really a democratic society then. It's like faux democracy hmm. with, uh, oh, no, no. with an Maybe authoritarian... Like us. No, for anyone who's, who like, might be listening to this and is Mauritian, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> we are a democracy. Excel's like, don't come for me. For the most part, we are very democratic. Uh, we do follow the election rules. Um, but this is something that happened two years ago, and I hope it was the first and last time. <laughs> <laughs> but the same, but the same family has been. Did you? Did I hear that wrong? Or has the same family been ruling for twenty years? It's like you know, with breaks of like two, three years, and then you have this other family that comes in. <laughs> they take turns. <laughs> interesting um sorry so because i was out for a bit and i had some connectivity issues um 
I didn't you you you've probably already passed the passed this topic, but thinking about the social stratification and what mm-hmm. came to mind is that like Mauritius doesn't seem to have really grappled with the history of like slavery and indentured servitude and like the stratifications that happened with the different mm-hmm. migration patterns. So I so you know like drawing a parallel to the US for example and how race and like the 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 history of slavery still plays a part in in um black people's economic and and social prospects in the US and it just got me thinking about you know <clears throat> Yes, so there was slavery, there were slaves, then there were indentured servitude, but like indentured servitude is not quite slavery. So there's the in that like different in that distinction, um, I felt like there was already a a stratification, like that stigma hmm. of slavery. Okay, like mm-hmm. kept Afro Mauritians, I feel like, you know, subservient and I don't know if it's like a yeah, I don't know enough about Mauritian history and culture and stuff to speak authoritatively about this so this is in no way authoritative this is in no way this is just like observation and drawing parallels to other societies that have had slavery or have um history have you know um enslaved people on on the land and it's just like the and the fact yeah and the fact that like that that's reality or the repercussions of that period in time hasn't really been dealt with or hasn't like I don't know if people mm-hmm. do people make connections to that and you know have there been talks of like reparations or like I don't know mm-hmm. and like what? I'm <laughs> <laughs> Am I, did you say report what <laughs> yes, <she> sure did <laughs> I just like the fact that the fucking French colonizers are still chopping life and like <laughs> leaving facts on the mm-hmm. atrocities of their ancestors is just mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, hmm, how do I tackle this question? You know, we do recognize slavery. Um, Amaya has probably climbed one of our famous mountains, which is Le Mans. Le- yes. yes. Um, it's you know at the top of Le Mans, you know, there's this whole history of how. Slaves, um, you know, in terms of revelation, no, sorry, revolution, (laughs) in terms of revolution, just jumped off from the mountain. Um, So, you know, every time you you go past Le Mans or someone says that name, you're like, yes, you know, you're associated with um, slavery. And then... In Paul Louis, I don't know if my you've had the chance to go to the Apavasigat, which is where the mm-hmm. in, which is where we commemorate the indentured laborers from India. So all over the island, you've got these places, all these monuments. You know, they'll make you remember. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did go through slavery. Yes, the people did mm-hmm. come through. Um, so you know, it's just at the back of your mind but even though we're a very peaceful island and i hope we stay that way in 1999 there were mauritian riots um and what happened so actually last week uh, marked 20 years since it happened so following independence that we got in when was it now 1968 
um, you know, there was a period of peace and very rapid economic growth, but it was also this period where you started the Hindus um, had the majority of the island. You know, they were very dom- dominant in government and businesses. And you started having this wealth, um, what's the name, what's the word? It's a disparity. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, so these were the Creoles. Um, and so um, it all started with a very famous Mauritian um, musician who was arrested um, for smoking marijuana mm. at the time. But then this, mm. you know, escalated very quickly and turned into riots because you had the Creoles who were like, yo, no, we're not happy with this. We're not happy with how, you know, the island is going. How can you just be, you know, dominating? And I guess, you know, once in a while, you do have this feel of, yeah, we've, had our independence but we still you know we're still underrepresented um and which is why it's very important that i think every year they celebrate um the Mauritian musician so that people are like yep we we do need to remember that we should always try for better yes even though you might have your indomotions and Franco-Mauritians controlling most of the island you've also got to step up try to make um, food for themselves. So, this is the fair again. Um, so, <clears throat> the US, I, I wouldn't hold the US as a bastion of like justice or equality or whatever. You know. Um, <laughs> but, they had, you know, those like affirmative action. There are like actually like things in place to, or some things in place. It's not perfect. It's you know, it's the it's the bare minimum, really. But there are like policies in place to improve representation, um, in terms of like better economic prospects, or you know, I don't know if what I'm saying is makes sense. But like, mm-hmm. does that happen in Mauritius? Are there any active policies put in place to reduce income inequality across across the different eth- ethnicities? You know, is there any strive towards a more level playing field for the society or is it just like well mm. this is how it is and <laughs> i guess let's just let's just become and accept that that's Croatian <laughs> life um i think i mentioned it a bit earlier on um we have the okay, best loser system have in politics that. Um, but that's just in politics. Ah, yes. Um, you know, you're, that's just you'll have your yes, yeah, so you'll have your minorities who are also presented on um, the political scene. But you know, we don't have this very formal policy that says, you know, your company must be employing X number of Creoles, Y number of Indians of sorry, Indo Mauritians. Mm. Um, it's not really something that people go about, you know. But okay, in terms of like, for example, like mm-hmm. education disparity, like you know, what percentage of the the general population is like? What's the literacy level? What's the you know, like, are there are people looking at data like that and looking at what percentage of the people graduate from high school, go on to college? What are their job prospects like? Mm-hmm. Like, or is it just kind of 
glossed over in terms of himself yeah is what i'm saying making sense are there like are people aware that this is a problem and is Mm -hmm. there like data to quantify the problem and are there policies in place to reduce such inequalities or it's just like Mm. eh? so I know that in government schools. Sorry, so, and and I and I'm I'm sorry. Like this is not an attack on you. Like you know, I'm. <laughs> thank you so oh, no, much no, for coming fine. on. And it's fine. Um, just I, trying to you see know, how you, if I you don't can have the answers, best you don't, capture you don't, you know. this. Um. Okay, so in high school, there are these two very important exams that people need to write. And, you know, they want most people to go through those exams. So usually what's going to happen is if your household does not meet the minimum threshold for income, you know, you don't have to pay the fees. But that's for every single person, regardless of whether you're Franco-Mauritian or you're from the general population. So I guess mm-hmm. that in itself is good because usually because mm-hmm. um, the general population has lower income, it means that you know, they actually have a chance of going all the way through high school. So maybe yeah. that's one positive way to look at it. Um, and then, mm-hmm. so I don't think we spend as much time analyzing all this data, but just mm-hmm. before graduating from high school, we have this thing called laureates. And it's usually, you know, the high achievers, the ones who score the brightest of grades and what happens is that you know they're given a scholarship to go and study wherever they want as long as they come back to Mauritius and from what I've noticed over the past few years is whenever you have someone of you know ethnic minority who's become a laureate it's Mm -hmm. this very big achievement um, because it shows that you know you don't follow the stereotype you don't stop school when Mm -hmm. you're 16 and you're not going to go and do some low-income job. You're actually going to university. You know, you might actually Mm -hmm. end up becoming a lawyer. And I think people like that are really inspiring nowadays because, you know, when you look at the person on TV, you're like, you know what, if he can do it, then I can do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I don't know if you've heard of the tiny island that's next to ours, Roderick. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah, so Roderick is... There, most of the people are actually from the general population. Um, and, you know, even when you hear of laureates coming from Roderick, you're like, yes, you know, it feels like there's no disparity in education. People are actually stepping up now. Um, but I do wish there was a policy that, you know, would cater for those who don't actually make it all the way through to high school. Thank you so much, Axel. I feel like we've definitely gone past our limits. <laughs> time-wise um but no i really appreciate you we all do joining us Mm -hmm. on this episode um i feel educated educated um, enlightened um yeah it's a lot it's really a lot to think about and digest and again like you know obviously we don't expect you to have all the answers like you're not you know You don't have all the answers, and what, like we don't think like you're you're representative of you know all of Mauritius. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just value your insights, your per, your percep- perspectives, your experiences, and yeah, thank you, um, thank you so much, thank you. Um, so I hope that you know, even though we've discussed some very sensitive 
topics, you will eventually come to Mauritius and see oh. that it's truly a beautiful place. Oh, don't you worry about yes, that. Let's end on a good note. Yeah. Beautiful beaches, great hikes, good food. Nice people. No plantains, but we're okay. <laughs> uh, so before we go, can, can you tell us like your favorite thing about Mauritius? And like, you know, hmm. yeah, what makes you happy to be Mauritian if you're happy to be Mauritian? Let's end, let's end on a happy note. My favorite thing about Mauritius is actually the diversity of people. Um, because, you know, wherever I go in the world, that's I'm having Indian food, I'll be like, oh, I know what this is because I have a friend or a neighbor <laughs> who's made it before. Oh, you're celebrating Chinese New Year? I also celebrate Chinese New Year because my grandma was Chinese. <laughs> so it's just mm. embracing diversity and getting to find out about all these, you know, cultures and traditions. Um, that I've been around for years and being able to take part in them. Awesome. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Well, I guess that is the end of this episode. Thank you.